When I came out the coma, I was behaving erratically. And the doctors told my wife, Miss Morgan has the brain trauma. And my wife looked at the doctor and said, nah, that nigga always been crazy. <laughs> when I was in my wheelchair, my daughter was 14 months old. I got to see her take her first steps. That inspired me to get out of my wheelchair and I took my first steps. So now me and my daughter walk hand in hand for life. Because we learn how to walk at the same time. That's magic. I miss doing this. My grandmother prays all the time. I said, stop praying over me. I already died and went to heaven and spoke to God. And God said, tell your grandmother to shut the fuck up. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 124. Whoa. And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. Whoa. Super nice. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching before our extra special 10-year anniversary. What is 10-year anniversary? Do you guys know? What is it? Like wood or fucking ceramic? Or isn't there like always a... I think it's called a decade. Paper. Paper. You know what I'm talking about. He's on it. Yeah. There's a, there's an object assigned I, I, to each one. Like I a know. ceramic. <sighs> We're reviewing Hot Fuzz. This is going to be amazing. So it's celebration. It's the movie anniversary then. Got it. It's a 10-year anniversary of Hot Fuzz, and it coincides with Edgar Wright's Baby Driver coming out in two weeks' time. Boom. Which I think is going to be... That looks pretty great. No, gonna, like we a, have some evidence that we're going to look at today. A serious bomb, though. Baby Driver is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna like nuke the summer. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Interesting. And high anticipation. Like not like high end of Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Ooh, there's it's buzz. Gonna be tight. There's buzz. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, uh, or whatever podcast software floats your boat. Wherever you want to listen. Buoyancy. There's a, there's a million ones. Pocket Casts is my go to. Yeah, whatever you want. What do you guys use? I use Beyond Pod. I use my phone. He uses his <laughs> phone. <laughs> I don't. I don't want people to know that much about me, man. Oh, what? Yeah, that's that's personal. <laughs> I've got to keep a wall up here. That's, that's personal. Uh, you know what you can do though, if if you want to become a real personal part of the show, like if you want, if you, you want to have your voice heard, well, if you want to know us personally, you can go to personal dot com. No, that doesn't sound right. No, yeah, that's do not I go think, there. I don't think that's where you want to go. <laughs> you that, can go. You can go to patreon dot com slash vertical viewing, and there you can become a hydrogen helium lithium level subscriber one two or three at the rate of one two three dollars a month these are donations that help us keep the lights on and they help us offset the cost of seeing movies and putting on the show and putting internet pie in your ear delicious, every week delicious for free. internet pie it's free but you can always do that if you like what we do um but there's bonus there's bonus things that come with being a patreon subscriber yeah if you who, help us out you scratch our back well i mean and we yeah. Scratch your ear. Yes. yes. But what do we have on Patreon? We just uploaded something called the, the Aussie <laughs> Walkabout. Walk what, what exactly is this thing? Uh, what? How would you describe so the Walkabout? I, I would describe this as you don't hear everything that happens behind these mics with the podcast. Sometimes between segments, we like to goof around a little. We warm up. Right? And they can be hilarious moments. Uh, if I do say so myself. Yeah. So we decided to start releasing this to our, our patrons so you can enjoy the ridiculousness that is us. Yeah, when we get loose before and after the show. This this Aussie... Uh, the Aussie walkabout? Walkabout thing oh, is pretty much bananas. We, we, we got a sort of sound effect 
a wall of nature sounds coming at us as we're doing horrible Aussie accents, narrating what's happening to us. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, on on a, on a dangerous expedition through the outback, and it and it turns into Darth Darth Vader shows up, I think, and we're on the holodeck. Yeah. Uh, My accent is kind of like. Like, you know how some people are gender fluid? I'm like nation fluid when I'm doing an accent. It just like travels. Yeah, it my just accent it, it is wanders. Not, be, it's not from any one you place. You become a Russian guy and it then varies. Okay. From yeah, my accent is just never accepted. So I go with something until someone from there hears it and scowls at me, and then I just switch to something else. Nice. Yeah. Uh, We're talented. <laughs> Patreon.com slash vertical viewing. You can become a monthly patron just like. Martin, Nick, Chris, and our newest patron, Joseph. We thank the support thank of those whoever will donate in the future. Uh, but if you want to become just one of our one night stand kind of donators, you know, someone we will remember forever, but only wants to spend one night in the vertical viewing, uh, what bunk bed? Well, in that case, you would go to verticalviewing.com and you would look for the old. Donate. Donate button. Mike always gives me weird looks when I do the podcast. The donate button. <laughs> uh, I, well, you know, it's... He doesn't know where I'm going ever. I just... Uh, no, I just... The one night stand. I mean, keep He doesn't it like it. He keep never it casual. He, he never likes we, it we when still we want this. you. We still want you to it's, come back. We're listed in the casual encounters <laughs> yeah, section. Ex- if you want to help us out just once instead of... You know, all the time. You well, like us a little, but not that much. There's a, pay- <laughs> there's a PayPal button there. Please send your thoughts and your recommendations to verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our Twitter at verticalviewing. On Instagram at verticalviewingpodcast. There's goodies going up there. Uh, we need more artwork, though, guys. I That's think true. We need, we need some cartoons to go up on the Instagram. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Letterboxd. No one's joining me. One day I'll stop bothering everybody. But can't wait. I think you have. You're just lamenting the Damn fact it. that you're alone. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but on with the show, Red, what is new? Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. And happy Father's Day to all of our listeners as well. Fathers or people who have fathers. Mm-hmm. It's a nice day where men aren't assholes for one day. <laughs> yep. You know, we're not the we're not the complete you know, guys who ruin everything. Which I'm, I'm not saying we're not. But it's nice to have a day where, like, men are kind of nice and dads are good. Thanks for being a dad. Yeah. We all get, like, ties and stuff. Yeah. Um. So, first off is Tracy Morgan is Staying Alive. Oh. The new stand-up special on Netflix. He's a blue comic, if you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And uh, he's glad to be alive. He is, yeah. He recently, and he talks about it a lot. It's the beginning of the, the the special is sort of a dramatization of an accident that had recently happened. Uh, I don't know if our our listeners know, but Tracy Morgan was in an accident where his bus was hit by a FedEx truck, not FedEx, Walmart. sorry, Walmart truck. Um, actually, his friend was killed. Uh, there's a huge lawsuit and Tracy Morgan was in a coma for a long time was really severely injured, like critically injured, and had to relearn how to walk with his baby, his brand new daughter. Jesus. It's a pretty crazy story. Um, but he turns this dark time into a very funny stand-up special. Um, I'm not going to give away any of the material, but it's a bit about 
the Kardashian family. Like, it it starts off... Sounds good already. It starts off by being about how the family grew when he like when he went under there was two kardashians or something and then when he wakes up there's way more oh nice (laughs) and uh yeah okay i can see that bit killing it gets pretty uh sexual um okay and and he's talking about caitlin so it's good it's really funny it's a funny joke holy shit it's a funny funny joke oh my goodness and if you're so if you don't know Tracy Morgan and you're kind of like, hmm, I think I might check him out. I like uh, Jerry Seinfeld and uh, other clean com- comics. Not don't him. do <laughs> not do not watch okay. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Is he still kind of like the coked up kind of? He's, ba- he's clean now, and he talks about like how he was kind of a bad person, and he's like not proud of things that he's done and stuff, but. Uh, He's on his second marriage, and he's you know got kids, and I meant more of like a coked up comedic style, not literally oh, his, his craziness. Well, he I think actually like had to had a serious brain injury, so like had to learn how to talk and stuff again. So he speaks slowly. Um, he uh, his delivery is still good though. He's a great comic. This is all pretty much like a real a real heartstring kind of. This seems like it's easy to be on his side with yes, through all of this, right? It is. It is. You forgive him a lot, and nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great special. I think people should okay. that are into his comedy should check it out. It's quite funny. Um, after that, I read a comic book. It's called The Violent. You always read comics. Yeah, I, I try to. Um, and this one's really cool because it's actually in Vancouver. Like, it takes place, like, in Eastman. Sick! Yeah, it's crazy. It's weird and awesome. That's okay. Yeah, so it's from Image Comics. It's called The Violent. It's illustrated and co-created by Adam Gorham, or Gorham. I'm not sure how to say these names. Uh, Written, lettered, and co-created by Ed Brisson, and colored by Michael Garland. Um, It's a drama. Uh, It's dark. It's about... What's it about? Drugs and violence and murder and family and uh, trying to do right but only doing wrong and just a spiral of tragedy. This doesn't sound like a comic book. Yeah, oh man. Some of these pages, like it was actually hard to read some of it because you just see where it's going and you watch it's it's terrible you know like it's a it begins it begins with a family it's a husband and wife that are former drug addicts like former heroin addicts awesome and they have a kid uplifting no but (laughs) but like a a really really, yeah really well done good portrait of struggling substance abusers Mm. um and sort of the cycle of suffering that you can get into um people that are that are interested in graphic novels should check this out. No, it's not to belittle a serious topic, you know. It does sound pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very well told. It's not like... a good story to have on your shelf. It's something that is hard for people, I think, to wrap their head around sometimes, especially with graphic novels, is like dealing with actual subject. Like there's that comic... Palestine. I don't know if you read yeah, that one. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but that's just like a straight up. I think Joe Sacco. <clears throat> it's just a political. Yeah, there's there's lots of uh, drama. 
yeah really intelligent literature out there that's done in this in this medium so Deadly if you men. haven't if you haven't opened your eyes yet to the graphic novel you can call them means, you can call them comics and still appreciate them yeah some of them are much more comic booky than others but, yeah but, uh, the violent is not comic booky really at all no there's a lot of great mature stories out there in graphic novel form mm-hmm. that people just miss out on because they think comics yeah why would i read that and that's no well i read mouse it's about the holocaust yeah <laughs> i guess yeah. there's still a bunch of properties that are really risky you feel like hollywood would have already mined all of these comics but a lot are struggling to le- yeah it took Watchmen so long to get on the screen oh but even more the literary ones though. sandman and stuff they can't get but these are ones i mean things like black hole or like like black hole is a a, a graphic novel about stis but it's not you know like you look really crazy and it's a it's a a story that is told in a way that could only be done in graphic novel so i don't know if 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 you are closed minded in a way that means you haven't looked into graphic novels, you, you got to give them another shot. <laughs> like you're you're missing out. Yeah, I think it's rare these days. But yeah. most people are reading comics; they're not reading this, right? Yeah, yeah. The violent is not. It doesn't look like. I mean, there's no superheroes in there. Yeah. It's all dark and shadowy. And <clears throat> it's good. Check it out. The violent from Image Comics. Uh, after that, I watched a documentary. Ooh, a really rather interesting documentary. And I watched this, interestingly, with my wife, which... What is this? Stop stalling us. 2016 from Cassie J is her name. The movie's called The Red Pill. Now, have any have either of you guys... No. No. So The Red Pill it's is... It's a Matrix documentary, right? Well, that's where the Red Pill term comes from, but The Red Pill is Cassie J's um dive into or down the rabbit hole that is the men's rights movement interesting yeah looking at what are called mras mm-hmm. or men's rights activists which is such a bullshit thing but i'm very curious how this yeah, yeah so the, these guys are kind of kind of venomous it's a really interesting documentary and and uh you know it's she begins the the the, the film as a self-declared feminist, um, and through her investigations and um, interviews of some people that are fairly, uh, I would say, like key figures in the men's rights movement, um, her views change, and not that by the end she's become a member of the men's rights movement, but she like strongly believes that she's no longer a feminist. What? Wait, what? Like as in as in you should watch this movie because the men's rights movement might not actually be bullshit. Hmm. But wait, hold on. Does she de- define the term feminism as equal rights for both men and women? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she decides she's clear, not a feminist? There's clear um there's a lot it's it's there's an analogy made in the film that the men's rights movement is kind of like to, to try and explain it is like to try and explain uh, a blizzard snow, one snowflake at a time. And, and you're like, that's bullshit. And then, and that's right at the beginning of the documentary. And then it's kind of, well, that's the internet. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's just so the internet. Actually, wait, hold on. Is she not a feminist anymore? Cause she just thinks men are stupid or is it because 
Well, it it's I, I it's I don't want to get too deep into it, but like okay. part of it is the is the idea of like there's a lot of talk about the patriarchy, and and also like I, it's important to mention that a lot of some of the people that she's talking to are are women. Like there's a group called the Honey Badgers, and it's this group of women that are big members of the men's rights movement. Um, but so the idea that that the patriarchy is something that exists is something that is is from, being threatened this, no this is from feminism and and there's a she could looks at it in a whole nother way that basically the patriarchy doesn't exist and the the reason that society is structured the way it is is more to do with the fact that women give birth and not because of the fact that men have power and it's it's actually really thought-provoking what? like there's what are the reviews like on Netflix for this thing? I bet you there's a lot of people who hate it. Um, it's I don't know. I didn't look at the reviews okay. because I wanted to make up my own mind. Because <clears throat> there's a lot of trashy documentaries on Netflix, a ton of them. Like a, a this shit is not ton? on Netflix. Okay, this is uh, you like you can get access to this through educational institutions, your or local you library. Can, yeah, I think some library. No, legitimately, okay. like libraries would have access to it. Like it's a, it's an educational. Okay. Uh, red pill, everybody. Red yeah. Pill. All right. Anything else? Um, we should move. Else? We should probably well, something that we all watched. We'll probably talk about together. I think. Well, the Neil Blomkamp Raka Raka from Oats. So which we just watched. Yeah, I watched it. I sent this to you guys in the Allo chat. I guess yep. you probably just got buried in the. The wind All tunnel. Gifts. Um, <laughs> but this thing is, it looks like a G.I. Joe District 9 fucked up Halo thing with some good special effects, some bad special effects. Some... It looked like the arrival meets District 9. It, you, you, I mean, you can tell it's not very... arrival. The, the arrival. Arri- oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Charlie Sheen, the arrival. Yeah. 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 Not quite as good as arrival. Almost. <laughs> Uh, Not quite. <laughs> Raka is interesting. I don't know what to make of all of it. I don't know. I'm not exactly so fully is, stoked is about... Po- is the point behind these studios to sell movie IPs? So here's where it gets interesting. So you guys you guys thought that this would, would be... wouldn't be free. So you, the, the reason why you guys didn't watch this is because you thought it wasn't... I thought that you had sent like a trailer yeah, for, you, you a, didn't, an, for another... No, so the full short film is online for free and I think all of them are going to be that way but the way to support Oats Studios right now apparently and I've looked at it on Steam you can go to Oats Studios Raka on the Steam page and then buy the DLC for the movie which is the extra chapters weird and it gives you a bunch of um, raw footage like raw like just shots from the movie and 3D assets of all of the, you know, crazy reptilian people and shit. So you actually get access to all these 3D models and all so these shots. Make your own version of the movie? So Neil Blomkamp's attempting to open up like a direct channel between like fans and independent creators and artists sitting in their basement and and Crap. trying to get ideas from there all the way up to people in you know at the top of the hollywood executive chain that's crazy this is really an interesting model that he's come up with and he's giving you access to everything and he's trying to work he's trying to 
I, I don't exactly know what the what the end game is here, but he's. I think he's trying to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and what fans like. I mean, is this like the last Starfighter or like all any of those? Like he's looking for the needle in the haystack, maybe, like the well, person that gets it and then makes the sweet movie. I'm not and then he fully hires them sold. And makes a movie with them. Like this is the first one. I'm not fully sold on it. I don't know if you guys thought it was. I don't really care if I see more of this world or not. It, it looks cool, but... Pretty derivative. It looks like a bunch of test footage, which I guess it kind of is. That's that's exactly what it is. That's why I was curious if he's just trying to get these properties picked up, like what, what the end game of this so is. So the next one, I think, will probably come out next week or something. Um, they're going to come out all this month, and I think fans can just sort of respond to the ones that are best, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Or take the assets and add on, seeing as this one seemed to just end after a couple of chapters and left it wide open. Yeah. That was weird. Are people just going to start filming their own shit in these worlds? It's really weird. Like, is it going to be uh, end up being a, a Frankenstein crowdsourced movie studio? People, if it's you have fun. not yet watched Neil Blomkamp's Raka it's from Oat Studio, weird. go check, on YouTube check it out. and check it out. It's free online. Yeah, YouTube. Uh, and if you like that... You can just buy the DLC for it, which is the weirdest thing ever. Let, okay, let go to the buy the DLC for the movie. How much does the <clears throat> DLC cost? Five bucks. That's not bad. Yeah. So you can support them right away. Super weird. Do we have DLC? We should have some fucking DLC, man. Yeah, we got to. Do you want to make a game? Super hard. I've said it before, and you guys we'll make keep saying PDFs. to me that it's apparently really hard to do. If, if you make a PDF, isn't that technically DLC? Yeah, well, downloaded content. It, it, it's anything you can download. I guess every week we have 124 DLCs. Boom. Yeah. We've uh, been making. We made DLC way before before Raka and Studio. <laughs> Fucking lame. Get out. Get out of uh, here, Mike. What do you got though? What did you uh, watch? Well, so we reviewed the Mummy last week, right? Yeah. Uh, so you watched the Mummy. So I watched the Mummy. Nice. The Brendan Fraser version. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is actually like kind of cool. I. You know what? This movie is campy as fuck. But it's a lot of fun. Like, it's just stupid, but I enjoyed it so much. And I, the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, man, this is so much better than Tom Cruise's Mummy. <laughs> that movie's heinous. Oh, and it just got me thinking more about the movie last week and how Tom Cruise was the worst part of the whole thing. But yeah, Brendan Fraser, it's campy, it's fun. He knows it's a ridiculous premise. And it's got to be in the 30s. You can't do a Mummy movie past... 1939 illegal or else you yeah. just look like an idiot and it still has some creepy moments like just sealing uh him what's his name oh i already forgot the dude's name the mummy arnold Vosloo. Oh, i remember anoxu namun who is what? like anoxu namun is the name of the character that he's trying to bring back to life there's so many egyptian he's people try, in he's this trying movie? to sacrifice rachel vice to be, to be his his lover, which is sort of what they seem to be going for with the new mummy, except yeah. reversed, and it just fell on its face. Um, yeah, so I don't have much to say about this. This movie is from 99. Like, it's almost 20 years old. This, the effects are, don't hold up. Uh, it really loved that sandstorm yep. stuff. I remember the movie really leaning into that. The big face. The the whole uh, City of the Dead <clears throat> place uh all those with the mirrors anubis, and shit. anubis guys coming to life yeah like yeah it's, it's just a, it's a fun adventure movie 
is really what it is. What sticks out to me, ultimately, in my mind, is uh, The Mummy Returns and the shot of The Rock as yes. the crazy scorpion king that looks... Dwayne Johnson. That looks so bad. It looks like something out of a LucasArts game or yes. something. Like, it is... Like a really early, early... Like, Spawn 3D. Remember the effects in Spawn? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, there's some rough shit in this time period. Yeah, it, like so it, that does not hold up at all. Okay. But you know what? I don't care. But, but it makes like, the new one, like, it, it... It's so... It's with... Even with yeah. those terrible effects yeah. now, yeah, it's yeah. still how many so more, much better. Like how I many, give this, like it, like, it has its problems. Don't get me wrong. But I give it, like, a five and a half, six out of ten. Okay. Okay. You give, it was, like, Damn. a two or something? It was something? a two and a half for yeah. the Tom Cruise mummy. Yeah, wow. so, like, like, several points high. Like Mike this, is really yeah. harsh these days. This is, like, this is still an entertaining movie, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's uh, by no means fantastic. Do you have any fresh goodies? Uh, I watched... Well, I'm caught up on season two of Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. which is... I haven't talked about it in a while, I don't think. Do you guys know the premise of Attack on Titan? Who yes. doesn't? The season two looks crazy. All the Titans oh, look so God. weird so, and guys with big heads and yeah. shit. So for our listeners, re- real quick recap, if you don't know, Attack on Titan is an anime that's based on a manga, you know, Japanese, uh, where... Push, push your glasses up a little harder... Uh, where coming off. humanity lives inside ju- uh, cities that are behind giant walls because titans attack them. And the titans are just creepy big people that are naked, no genitalia like or anything. Mindless. They're just, they're just big, like, doll people that eat you joyously. And, and they smile. And they just smile as they eat you. And it's terrifying to watch happen because these soldiers are fighting against them using these awesome... Like three dimensional grappling things trying to, fly to around. slice the nape of their neck. Yeah, yeah it's all about nape, nape slicing, but, man. But like nobody's fucking safe in this show because out of nowhere, a titan will just grab you and bite your arm off, and blood goes everywhere. Like it's, it's uh, pretty. The, the the primal fear that this show elicits is unbelievable. But season two is nuts because they do not d- waste any time getting into crazy revelations. Yeah, because you have a lot of questions after yeah, season one when you see the like it, Leviathan. There's so much mystery in this show, and season two answers a lot of the questions you had in season one, but then raises a lot more so far. So I'm really digging it. Like mm. it's so because at the good. end of season one, was there not? Is that not the female yeah, Titan the female shows Titan. up, and you're like, wait a minute, we have a whole new what's going all on? The, all here? this opens up the universe. Well, all of a sudden, it's revealed that. Certain titans, the aberrants that they call them, that stand out from the regular crazy just wandering titans, are actually being controlled by people. People. So it's oh, it's so crazy, Dude, man. Attack on Titans. And dope. season two takes place outside of the city. Like for the most part, it's all outside of the walls. Which cool. Is, Using those. At first, the first time I saw the propulsion system of like these police people, which is like these giant Gatling gun things they wear on their hips that shoot spears and then it's awesome like they look so unwieldy and the then you watch them and you're like oh so... you're Spider-Man that's yeah. cool I, basically, I get it it's basically they're a bunch of fighters that use detachable razor blade swords to but fight. they're sideways though like they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're the description <laughs> I think we gotta draw a picture of what we <laughs> yeah. <do>. razor <laughs> blade swords it's nuts anyway that's fantastic so if I you haven't caught up. it's on like Crunchyroll right now it, I think you can watch all the way up to the most recent one for free, um, but like you have to wait a week later than everybody else to yeah. get the most recent one, unless you're on premium. 
but yeah, I've been doing that. Also, just keeping caught up on Berserk. Uh, and Girl Boss on Netflix. I don't know if I... Oh, you watched Girl Boss, Yeah, eh? I thought we'd check this out. You got your Girl Boss mug? Yep, yep. So it stars Britt Robertson from Futureland. What's it? Was Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's, she's also a cutie from, pie. Uh, Under the Dome. Yeah. She's been in so many things that yeah. have not done well. <laughs> yeah, she just looks 12. Yeah, uh, she wants to be Jennifer Lawrence, but they just say no. Sorry. Yeah, I watched an episode of this with my wife. Yeah, what did you think? Cause, like, so the premise is it's in like 2008, I believe, and it says it's loosely based on real events, and Britt Robertson's character is not very successful at life, and uh, but she knows her fashion, and she starts an eBay store. Like... <laughs> She like buys the, clothes and then flips changes. Them. Yeah, flips flips clothes. Flips clothes online. Yeah, uh, Up, upgrades. Is this going to inspire a lot of young girls to just like just blow a bunch of money, just set fire to like three grand? Well, if they're going to do that, I suggest that they start a store on Shopify. Oh, <laughs> but, nice plug. <laughs> uh, no, like it's the whole like the tension and the drama all come from her not being a very together human being so she's not she starts off actually getting fairly successful but she's not good at managing her life so it's kind of funny to watch rupaul shows up a couple of times uh because he's her neighbor but not like just acting as somebody Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. obviously uh but his acting is just being himself saying a line (laughs) um and uh yeah so it's got all these little cameos which is kind of neat. And I kind of dig this show, but I can't put my finger huh. on it. They're half huh. an hour episodes. Uh, and it's, it's just kind of fascinating to watch this person kind of suck at life, well, but well, still somehow <laughs> come out on top. Right. Like, she's a free spirit. She does a pretty good job. Like, Britt Robertson's not a bad actress. It's just... Also never, not a great actress. No, she's never been spectacular. <laughs> Uh, she's charming. Yeah, she's charming. I mean, Norm Macdonald is in it as one of her bosses for, for a little while. She's getting better, I think. She, she is getting better. Like, like she's definitely... Um, I'm trying to think of where I first saw her. Like, Under the Dome is not the first time I saw her. Well, she was on a great CW show called The Secret Circle. That's it, Red. There it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely watched that yeah, one. Yeah, about a coven of witches <laughs> in present day. Right um, up my alley. Uh, yeah, so, no, ch- you know, it's worth checking out. Like, what did you think of the first episode? Um, it, Not- I, I don't know if it was the first episode. I, I thought there was some funny moments, but I immediately recognized that it was not the kind of show that uh not not that it's like a bad show it's just i don't have a ton of time for tv so if i'm gonna start a new series it's really gotta be something that i'm really excited to like keen to watch and like game of thrones is coming back soon so no i'm not he doesn't have time for your girl boss mike no no fair enough you know, if any of our that. if any of our listeners watch he, it, he watch he's watching Red Pill buying into the patriarch. Okay, he's not, so not going to watch Girl. Boss. He's not into Girl Bosses. <laughs> it's like completely opposite of what he he watched this week. Norm Macdonald's character is actually hilarious in this, by the way, because uh, she has to get a job while starting up the eBay company. So she's like, she works the front desk of an art school where she just has to check everyone's IDs, and then she doesn't. She just lets everybody in. Uh, and he's her boss, and he, she just, like, talks back to him and surfs on the internet, and his one his one stipulation is just no hardcore porn. He's like, no hardcore porn? He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. And, and so he just, like, 
he's just super awkward around her because he's attracted to her. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty like he's pretty open with the fact that if there wasn't such a huge age discrepancy, yeah, he'd ask her out. So his character's like Norm. As Norm, long as he's Norm being McDonald weird, yeah. he's being weird and he's funny. As so. long as he's weird, then that's kind of why you what you pay him for, right? Yeah. So okay, girl boss. Uh, check it out. Let me know what you Whatever. think. Whatever. Yeah, double bill, double feature with um, the red pill. Are there anything? Yeah. Is there anything else? <laughs> That's from you, all Phil? I got. That's all I got. Uh, so I mean, I watched Raka. Of course, we talked about yeah. that weird thing. But I also watched a film from 2017, uh, directed by Dean Israelite. Okay, and it's a, a film called Power Rangers. Oh, you watched this shit? So I watched this shit. You you saw this yeah. a couple of months ago. Um. I, I remember you being not too hard on this thing. You you found I said it, it was pretty entertaining. You found it acceptable and entertaining. I think I still. I don't know if I put a number on it, but I think I still would have given it a six or something like that. But um, I still enjoyed it. So this this is just basically uh, what do I call it? gritty Hollywood reboot ID number seven five three seven two. Hmm. Um, this movie is awful. <laughs> Power Rangers is awful. And it started off, I thought I was kind of into it. Thought I was kind of into it. I wrote at the top here, not that awful. <laughs> and then I scratched out halfway through the movie, not that. <laughs> so just to leave the word awful remaining. Uh, poor Brian Cranston. Poor Brian Cranston. Power Rangers opens with Brian Cranston dressed in a weird bodysuit. Yeah, that was weird. Spitting with fucked up dumb makeup, spitting some alien language like, like, oh God, Brian Cranston, don't do this strange alien language. What are you, your Zordon? This is brutal. Uh. Um, Like, it's just embarrassing for Brian Cranston. Uh, and then we immediately drop into this breakfast club kind of thing, which I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I guess I kind of think that's a cool. You got to introduce the Rangers yeah. somehow. Well, no, and it was a cool idea to have them all detention. meet. Detention. They're all in detention. I kind of like that. Too bad. Like, you could, it would have been cool if it was all in one day and they become Power Rangers in one day and they have to come back for detention. They're like, oh God, you know. Also, how come, like, wouldn't it be better to have like A students be the Power Rangers? Well, it's, yeah, it's YA as fuck. This these cast is douchey as hell. Did you like any of these? People? Uh, I liked Billy. Uh, yeah, he's very good. He's from uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Yeah, like right? he he, he, was, he was really good. Uh, and I think Kimberly, she's okay. Was okay too. The Pink Ranger. Um, yeah. Becky G's terrible. Jason, Jason was okay, and then nope. and then the other two were not great. Everyone's kind of brutal. Um, yeah. I feel like so. I don't like Chronicle. Don't like it. No, that's a fun movie. You really? guys, I, 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 I love I like, it now. I I love it now. I love Chronicle now. Why? Well, I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it again, but I saw this. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, Chronicle is way better because you watched Power Rangers. So Max Landis wrote Chronicle, I believe, right? And I think there he has fingerprints on Power Rangers somewhere. I don't know if it's credited or uncredited, but he wrote a bunch of scripts for this movie. Uh, and this feels like you can actually sh- see a lot of similarities. This feels like a shit version of Chronicle, where these kids sort of sneak. These kids kind of have abusive, you know, childhoods or kind of their shitty hmm. teens, and then they sort of sneak off at night. Be Power Rangers, fall into this cave, find a weird glowing a- alien thing, and then start 
being that's, that's chronicle being angsty and being like what we have powers man did you wake up like with did you feel different this morning yeah did you like see what i liked about this though is no they, good they seemed genuinely happy with these powers like they were like if i was a teenager and i got superpowers i'd be like yes this is awesome and they seem pretty happy that they've got these powers. yeah they're freaking out I thought that Chronicle did it better. Chronicle definitely. They're doing did the that same better. thing. They're like freaking out because they have these awesome yeah. powers. They're picking up ladies with it and shit. They're doing awesome stuff, and only one of them does bad stuff. Um, then we start getting into the brutal stuff where we realize I think half, maybe a quarter of the way into making Power Rangers, the the team making it went, "Oh no, we're making a Power Rangers movie. Oh no, this isn't. This is a bad idea." This is bad. <laughs> How can you tell that they be, made that be, realization? Because when you start seeing stuff on screen, um, then you you start to realize like, oh no, this doesn't work. It's it's sort of like when they're seeing what the Rangers look like, they're seeing what the Zords look like. It's not working. They're and just they like still go defeated. As I, they I go. feel like they milk it and stall this whole movie. There's a stalling. Like we we have we wait an hour and fifteen minutes before they put the damn suits on, and almost like yeah. an hour and forty minutes until we morph into the Megazord and shit. And when we finally do the visual effects, just make you sad. How long is this movie? It's like two hours. But the last, come on, the last thirty minutes is fun. Unless no. you, unless you were just done by that point. No, Goldar looks ridiculous. Rita, Goldar. Rita is embarrassing. I feel so bad for make Elizabeth. My creatures make, grow. Make my monster grow. She does say that. It's kind of funny. Goldar's literally made out of gold. But uh, Rita, See, she knows that she's in a campy movie, so she is hamming it up. But she's so, so hard. She's so bad though. Like I, she, yeah, she, I just don't. True. Why would you hire Elizabeth Banks to be scary? She's sweet as pie. She's sweet as pie. She, you, she's like your your neighbor or something. Yeah, like weird she's just, casting in really. like the nineteen fifties. That would be like the housewife next to you, and like Rita Repulsa. Why isn't she gross and ugly? I don't know. Like, have you seen Love and Mercy? Yeah. No. Yeah, she's yeah. You, like, oh, yeah. just deer in that. Yeah. Uh, don't the Krispy Kreme tie-in is ridiculous. The Krispy yeah. Kreme location is the source where this planet crystal is. Krispy Kreme just happened to be built over it. Um, the yeah, the Red Rangers channeling Chris Pine. I thought you can you, yeah you can, yeah, okay, can get a that. Chris Pine vibe off of this loser playing the Red Ranger. Uh, Tell I us am, how you really feel. I am not recommending Power Rangers. It is to me it it is almost as bad as. Fantastic Four. It's not. We're not mm. that bad, but parts okay, of it, parts of it are circling around that. There are other parts that work just as a movie. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm down. But by the end, I felt like we were spiraling into destruction. <laughs> um, so I decided to watch William Friedkin's "To Live and Die in L.A.", starring William Peterson and Willem Dafoe. Mike Green talked about this movie maybe a couple years ago on the podcast. This thing is crazy, dude. This is the most 80s, okay? <laughs> the, the most 80s? Fucking 80s, man. Most 80s. Uh, there's... When did this come out? 1985. I feel like... Right in the middle. Mid-80s. I, I, I feel like this is like the most sincere portrait of like cops and robbers in L.A., there's, there's no irony to any of this. Like when an 80s beat drops... It's it's for real, and it's not Ooh. supposed to be cheesy in any way. The movie centers on Willem Dafoe as a counterfeit uh, money dude. He's producing counterfeit money, 
and it makes counterfeiting money look so cool and so badass and so retro 80s. He starts laying down this ink and then the beat goes, it's fucking 80s. <laughs> Just printing money. And there's a cool part where he's got, he prints all of the, the, the bills onto this metal sheet. It's like, what, what, what? And he breathes on it and it actually, his breath sort of highlights the weird UV the etching. Etching. It's cool, man. And you watch this whole process of counterfeiting money and you feel like, I know how to, I know how to do I this. I know how now. to make some money now. Um, for 1985. But yeah, it, that would pass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's just, that's how I make the plastic money I use today. <laughs> I, I feel like Drive is pulling a lot from this. The Nicholas Winding Refn movie. Really? Um, the the, like set, the style? The, yeah, it just feels like a very L.A. fucking thing. Like, it's L.A. is hell, and it's retro, and the opening credits are this awesome handwritten... Of course. You know what I mean? Looking like thing with pink big, or red. Big block letters. I tweeted pictures of uh, the opening credits. Yeah, it just bursts delightfully into like amazing action sequences. It's a, it's an awesome cops and robbers movie hmm. with some sweet fonts. <laughs> Every time we get a different like title card to like change locations, it's in a different font. Ooh. What are you kidding me? Totally different little dot matrix fonts at one point. Little fucking handwritten. Oh man, oh man. Uh, th- there's sad stuff in this though because. Outside of the context of the movie, there's a lot of shots of the Vincent Thomas Bridge in um, Long Beach, California. And William Peterson, you might know him as Grissom from CSI, handsome fella. Oh, yeah. This is him as a young man just slinging it, if you know what I mean. You see some slinging. You see some hanging. Like, there's some ball sack in this, unfortunately. <laughs> Tight pants yeah, yeah. is what he's talking about. Yeah. No, no there's, some, like, there's some like hanging fresh... In full view ball sack. Oh, yum. Yeah. <laughs> but the there's a bunch of scenes of William Peterson jumping off this bridge, the Vincent Thomas Bridge, and it's the same bridge that Tony Scott jumped off for real and committed suicide on, and it shows th- this bridge like multiple times in the movie, um, and they talk about jumping off of it. Mm. So it has I, this... I don't know if the average person would make that connection. I certainly would not. Well, as a Tony Scott aficionado, I certainly do. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Tony Scott, like a lot of his movies are uh, in LA and like, it feels like he's of that era, you know what I mean? Of action filmmakers kind of, I don't think this movie works in the end. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but I like to live and die in LA, man. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it sidetracks with this weird diamond heist where, they're trying to basically raise money to buy a bunch of fake cash off of Willem Dafoe to bust him, but then their their top brass of the police department is like, no, you can't have $30,000. We're strapped for cash around here. I can only give you ten. And they're like, well, what the fuck do we do? So let's like pull a diamond heist. So these two cops are like, all right, sweet, we're just going to like rob this guy who has diamonds. The cops are. Yeah, these two... These two Secret Service agents are like, sweet, we're just going to rob a guy. Just be criminals. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. And I'm like, why is the the movie is, where are we going? I mean, it's... We need to catch this criminal, so we'll become them ourselves. I think it feels like an excuse to to sort of 
funnel the movie into an awesome car chase, which feels like William Friedkin replicating the French connection in Los Angeles through, you know, the classic L.A. chase through the canals yeah. and stuff and classic 80s L.A. shit. But just not with, great. With ball sacks. With, yeah. Grissom, <laughs> Red can't, he can't, Grissom's balls. He, he can't forget it. Uh, that's all I got. So you know what? The main event's coming. Do we have to? We have to go to Sanford, unfortunately. Sanford. It's unfortunate we have to send you there, but was you're making it, us all look bad. Was Red. it Village of the Year? You're making us all look bad. Peter Ian Staker, P.I. Staker, <laughs> Piss Taker. <laughs> no, we can't just do lines. No. We can't do lines. No, we're not okay. just going to do that. Okay. Hot Fuzz coming up is the best movie ever. Edgar Wright, so we kind of love you. Sergeant. How's the hand? Still a bit stiff. It can get awfully hairy out there. I'm surprised you weren't snapped up sooner for a nice desk job. That's what I did. I prefer to think my office is uh, out on the street. Indeed you do. Your arrest record is 400% higher than any other officer, which is why it's high time that such skills were put to better use. We're making you sergeant. I see. In Sanford, Gloucestershire. In where, sorry? In Sanford, Gloucestershire. That's in the country? Yes! Lovely. Isn't there a sergeant's position here in London? <laughs> no. Can I remain here as a PC? No. Do I have any choice in this? New. No. Sergeant, I kind of like it here. But you've always wanted to transfer to the country. In 20 years or so, yes. Well done, you. Hang on. I don't remember telling you that. Yes, you did. You said. I'd love to settle down in the country sometime, Janine. I'd like to talk to the inspector. So that was a clip from Hot Fuzz. Exceptional London cop Nicholas Angel is involuntarily transferred to a quaint English village and paired with a witless new partner. While on the beat, Nicholas suspects a sinister conspiracy is afoot with the residents. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Hot Fuzz is directed by Edgar Wright, and it stars Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Jim Broadbent, Patty Considine, I think that's how you say it. Uh, Maybe. And I guess that's it. There's no one else. I mean, there's some cameos from a bunch of cool comedians. Yeah, like his Steve, buds. Steve Coogan and Martin Freeman. Uh, but and guys, who's the guy that with the goose? Who's... Peter Ian. Oh, yeah. Peter Piss Taker. Yeah. It's, uh, he's the tall fella. Stephen Merchant. That's it. Mr. Merchant, who I think is like 6'8 or something. He was, something. So yeah, he was in X-Men, right? He <laughs> yeah. played uh, Mordo or whatever. Caliban. Like. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> close. Very close. Yeah. Very close. So, Mordo, Mordo so close. I believe, is Chiwetel Ejiofor, who is uh, in Doctor Strange. That's it. Uh, however, we're here to review Hot Fuzz. I would want to review this even if Baby Driver wasn't coming out. It's kind of like one that is cool to throw on. Whenever. Yep. This is an any-timer. Yeah. I've seen this movie a shit ton of times. Ten years old. Guys, 
is Hot Fuzz a masterpiece? Um, yes, it, it, might, it, it is. It might it so is. I want to talk about if if it's a if it is a masterpiece. Like I think it's definitely a master class in montage. Oh, that's a very different thing. Like I think that he this movie is hilarious. The action is great. The story is super fun. Um, it's unique. You know, it it it's really a home run. But the the montage is where it's really really strong. So the editing. Yeah, the this, editing, oh. the use, the use of the quick cuts with the added quick zooms. I mean, he he puts on a clinic here. You picked out one where he's got eight cuts. Yeah, in we, a single shotgun reload. How crazy is that? It's <laughs> incredible. How how he manages to pull it off? It's almost <clears throat> like a commentary on action movies, right there. Like I just mean, with the way it's edited. Watching the one, watching a car chase. Where they're firing, it's it's unbelievable the pace that he sets and the movement that he that he communicates to you with his editing. So I I th- uh, it's just awesome. It, it's it's a delight to just have your senses tickled oh, yeah, by everything that's oh, going on. Sure. I agree with what you're saying, Red, but I would argue that that master class in this is what creates it or creates a masterpiece. Like this is. You watch it for this shit. It's paced and edited perfectly. Like, this movie is unreal. Like, like how about the 20 and the 30th anniversary? Like, people will be watching this movie and just pointing out... It's like the Citizen... Okay, here we go. Wait, what? Citizen Kane was praised for what it did at the time. Wasn't that, like, including ceilings or something? This is gonna be good. Let's just- yeah, yeah. So, like, but this movie is... I, I think I already said it. I'm just trying to... Like, no, no. Like, it I is, think he likes this movie. I really I like so. this movie, and it is a classic, and people will look back on it. Like, it, years from now, at film school, if we have schools and we haven't blown ourselves up, or if we don't just plug chips into our brains to learn things, we will study Hot Fuzz as the master class in editing and pacing. Like, this thing is perfect at that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... There's some Hitchcock kind of stuff going on with just the way it's it's the fundamentals of of cutting shit together, man. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so on point. Like I was I was telling uh, someone about this. They were saying like, "You're gonna watch that movie? Haven't you seen it? Like, how many times have you seen it?" I was like, "I don't even know." But it's so good that even when something depends on timing to the point where if you see it coming, it shouldn't work. It's still hilarious. Like the scene with the fence jumping, that was in the trailer <laughs> when this movie came out. Okay. And I remember a, 10 years ago. It's a comment on Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, right? There's a fence jumping scene in Shaun of the Dead. Well, it's in all of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. There's a fence jumping in all of them. Yeah. And yet, when he falls through the fence, you will pee <clears throat> your pants. It's so funny. I think the better, the better slapstick moment in that sequence is the um what is it like the coke can that he throws on the guy's head or no what is it <laughs> is it like it's a, a paint can spray or paint a spray, yeah. the spray paint can hits him i i found myself laughing top down onto the head dude i was laughing way too hard at that i'm not a slapstick guy i was watching like let's like a laurel and hardy kind of moment just like bung off the top of the head yeah perfect um there's 
there's a couple other like the the one moment where he gets near towards the end where he gets in a he gets a garbage can thrown at his head but like in a light-hearted cheeky moment and it's like <laughs> oh you cheeky how, yeah he says you cheeky bugger <laughs> like that's that's so funny um the characters in this are great i love even the small characters like doris i love doris Oh yeah, and like little. I've been, off, that... I've been around the office a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's things. a naughty girl, right? She's hilarious, right? Like you like a little bit of manpower, right? <laughs> yeah, I love Simon Pegg. Of course, like that's by the end, and his character's totally opened up. Yeah, everything in this is such a like a home run is such a great way to describe this, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's everything is getting knocked out of the park, and the the, the timing of the editing is astonishing to to the point where it it looks like a like a band playing a song that they have hammered like japanese samurai steel over 40 years and it's just like the the sequence where he um i wrote down i called it gunning up you know the (laughs) sequence where he returns (laughs) we don't we don't we don't want to ruin too much and without spoilers sure yeah yeah but that's that's amazing where he is he is uh, getting the weapons that he needs and the angel wings of the shotguns oh, just coming out of his back. Every oh man, it's so powerful. This movie's awesome. So I think we've established around the room, glowing. We all kind of like we, this, movie. this movie. Sucks. <sighs> it's better than Shaun of the Dead, right? Just kidding. It's so. I good. think so. It's my favorite of the trilogy for I'm, sure. I'm glad you agree with that. Um, the opening shot of this movie is where I think I immediately fall in love, where Angel is marching towards the camera, you know, just commanding authority immediately in your face, uh, and then, like, thrusts his ID into your... Nicholas Angel. Officer Nicholas Angel. (laughs) Uh, And then we get this... As you said, the montage is strong with this one. Um, And... I feel like this is the first time Simon Pegg is playing against his typecasting. I don't remember a movie where he always sort of well, played Shaun of the Dead. He was such a like goofball, kind of a loser. I feel like he and on Spaced he played a, a, kind of an idiot. Yeah, and he's like super confident and capable in this, which you're right is what works so well. Yeah, right, he walks in like James Bond. You're like what? Um, and and playing a cop that is too straight laced to the point where. You're making the other cops look bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're too good at being a cop. <laughs> we need to banish you from London. <laughs> that's um, a, that's such an amazing premise. premise. <laughs> it's so and, 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 and that whole scene where you get the three actors. Um, so He's just going to say what d- I said. During, during, during the opening montage, um, they're, they're talking about Nicholas Angel's endeavors and how amazing a cop he is. And, you know, it's like over three years on the, you know, the SWAT force. Uh, you know, the youngest man ever in, in inducted He's into the Met. Like, mastered several types yeah, of kung fu. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it's so good because he gets brought into this meeting and we get, like, the three different people. And he gets stabbed during this montage by Father Christmas, who is Peter Jackson, by the way. Nice. The, Notice. The Peter Jackson. Uh and they keep asking him. This is where we establish very early on the theme of repetition in this movie of lines, where almost every joke or every line of dialogue will serve to either pay off a previous joke or set up a future one. 
Right, so we're almost like doubling and tripling back yeah. on lines and and stuff we've established. The repeat is really well used in this. It's right it's, away. It's a very British. It is. It's dry and, and the court, it's dry as fuck. It's British as fuck. You know, how's the hand? Still a bit stiff. You know, and then the next Steve Coogan comes in. He's like, how's well, the hand? Still a bit stiff. And then when Bill Nye comes in. Now Martin Freeman is saying, "Is like, how's the hand? Well, it's still a bit stiff, you and see. And the whole, the whole misdirect, too, um, with, you know, like, you sure you want us to call the chief? You sure you want us to call the chief? Like, we're going to call the chief. We're going to call the chief. Yeah. And chief. And he's like, right outside the door. Not on the phone. We, you didn't, like, come on. Well, everything's all perfectly timed for the editing. And then everyone is already waiting in the next room with the party ready for him. <laughs> right. He's like, well, we're going to see what the office thinks about this. And then it's a going away party <laughs> ready to go. Uh, so, I mean, all of it is sort of farcical and fantastical, but it's it's all to serve this tight. I mean, this is the tightest script I've it's, seen oh. in. It's insane. When you go, when you move that fast, there's no room for holes. Well, it's it's like clockwork. Like the script is just this mathematical. It almost reflects Angel's character, right? I feel like this is an Aronofsky movie. You know, like Pi or Requiem, where, you know, you have like click, clock, click, clock, cutting, zoom cuts. Um, like I'm picturing you, the shots of from Requiem for a Dream where they like do drugs and it's like. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we kind of get that stuff. It's cut like a Tony Scott movie, right? Where you get the speed ramping and the um, flickering overexposure of the camera, right? And as he's doing paperwork, he's filling out fucking, like, <laughs> let me book him. And it's just filling out That's forms. the most exciting paperwork I've ever seen. Yeah, he's it, got his own special, like, double, two, two-handing pens, right? Oh. Um, but yeah, like, the script, everything established in the first ten minutes. Everything. And I mean everything. So the reason why this movie is so good is because on a rewatch, it becomes... The foreshadowing is amazing. But it's a totally different movie when you've seen it before, yeah. right? When, when, you, when you know what the ending is, and you know what this sort of Agatha Christie mystery thing that the movie turns into, um, when you know really what's behind all that, yeah, the and, little and things. how ridiculous it all really is, you realize that Edgar Wright is actually giving you everything. When, when he rolls into town, they kind of... They kind of give you he he goes past the model village, you know. Uh, I mean, every single little thing. I think in the same way with Shaun of the Dead, they give they give the movie to you at the beginning and sort of fulfill that prophecy. Kind of, um, they, they show you all the dots that they're going to connect. Kinda, mm -hmm. but th this movie subverts everything, and it's fucking incredible. Um. Yeah, the, the, so the repetition stuff, we get tons of it through this movie. You just can't switch off, can you? Oh, my God. That's a that's a pants pisser. It's line. so good. And, the, you know, the greater good, we hear that over and over. By the power of Grayskull, we, we get that one multiple times. <laughs> the, uh, the bit about Keanu Reeves and uh, Point oh, Break. The Point Break setup was amazing. Um, jog on. The V, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, fascist hag amazing uh you know it's just the one swan oh my it's god just the, the one swan. killer right the, when they say it's just oh it's just the one killer the, i i love those killers oh yeah. my god uh so yeah when we send we, we get sent off to sanford samford samford and uh the best village in the uk i guess 
which you you don't really care about when you get there, and you don't really realize how important that is to the plot, because why would it be? But everything, this is such a lean script. Oh. Like, everything, as you've said, if, yeah, is if, important. If you've been exposed to it, it will... And I, I love Angel... It will be on the test. I, I, yeah. I love Angel's first night in town when he, he establishes authority right away. He kicks all the youngsters out of the bar... Uh, the, the one guy's braces sort of shine in, like blind him at one point. <laughs> he can't ignore it any longer. Um, and the, the scene at, like outside of the bar where he he meets Danny for the first time, who's attempting to just drive really really drunk, <laughs> backs over him. <laughs> he rounds up everybody and then brings them all back to the the police station. And when he arrives, the the guy at the at the front desk, he's like, oh. Nicholas Angel, when did you start? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, everything uh, is just establishing his character, and the town that he's in is clearly not in need of a cop. Of his caliber. Of, of this guy's, yeah, exactly. He's almost like a military cop. Um, he's a one-man army is what he is. Kind of. And this is where we get that awesome mundane paperwork montage, kicking ass Tony Scott style, which at the end of, he... He actually, Simon Pegg actually, his hand is cramping up, right? When he's, after he's filling out all this paperwork. And the next shot is of him in bed working one of those hand springs, <laughs> right? For your fingers. Uh, yeah, he, he uh, takes his job seriously. And, and I think that my favorite part of this whole movie, which establishes Danny as his partner, Angel comes into the police station the next morning looking for drunk Danny in the drunk tank. <laughs> and then where, where is Danny? Where is the, the prisoner? He's gone. And then, who's gone? Enter. Danny. Why are you dressed as a police officer? Because I am one. <laughs> because, but the way he says, like he's, he's almost unsure. Like, because like, I am one. Because I am one. And yeah, like it's almost a question. Yeah. Like if he doesn't, you know, he's n he hasn't quite convinced himself <laughs> and everybody else. So this is where we get like the partnership established. What what do you guys think of this? Like as a foil to Angel, like at, like does it work as to to sort of strengthen each other's character? Of course, it's traits? the opposites. Like yeah, you know, you, sure. you got the tall and lean. You got the squat and slow. You got the smart and and capable. You have the opposite. And it's the, the good spectrum. cop, bad cop, I guess. Well, yeah. and it lets both of their characters progress so well over the course of the film because it mellows out Angel, but then Danny becomes a better police officer. Well, this is where it starts to get like, a little a little nice and touching. Their 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 character actually, traits yeah. start rubbing off on each other. The best the best of their personalities start getting. Yeah, yeah, when they get to go have a beer together, you're kind of like, yeah, you're cheering for the friendship as much as you are for like solving the mystery. Yeah, because you realize that it's important to both of them. Yeah, Danny then, gets shit on it because he's kind of a dummy, and Angel needs doesn't to have friends. doesn't know how to switch off. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, and he needs to just maybe watch some action movies. Yeah, so maybe that's is this whole movie in their heads? Do they just sort of? Are they just cops in a small town who are super bored? Like they fell asleep and just it, got drunk and watched that night? Point Break and Bad Boys. Point no. Break or Bad Boys Two? And they ate a bunch of cornettos and had nightmares. No, no. which True one? Question. Which one do you want to watch first? 
<laughs> yeah, I think this movie is, if anything, a comment on Michael Bay is a name that gets brought up a lot. Um, oh, it sends up the action genre that he is so do you know what I mean? firmly entrenched it, in yeah, very well. It, it's it's hard to avoid his name kind of here. I mean, well, because Jerry, Jerry Bruckheimer, picture. you know, when you, when you see someone like Simon Pegg, just almost overloaded with with weaponry and like the camera <laughs> sort of panning around him in the parallax background like yeah that's they're aping michael bay well, in a I'm, way that's like look at how hilarious this they, can they be. even yeah. intercut the bad boys i like that it's bad boys 2 yes very specific as bad <laughs> boys 2 if you've Shit seen just that got real. if you've seen that movie it is out of control it's probably the most Michael Bay movie that Michael Bay has ever Michael Bayed. Like explosions are exploding. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair assessment of Bad Boys it's too. It's crazy, and that's the scene where you know you have the the Michael Bay swing cam, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith standing up triumphantly. That seems low like angle. five minutes long of just spinning around. Yeah, them. and that of course, the, is the, like the Michael Bay signature. And this is the immortal line: "This shit just got real." Yeah. Which I think I'm going to say here, I think Hot Fuzz popularized as something that is ironic. I I don't I think before Hot Fuzz came out, people just said, "Oh yeah, Bad Boys 2." But this movie made a meme out of that scene, I think. Because it Arguable. sort of yeah. you know what I mean? It, it it made all of like all of Michael Bay's work seem it definitely did that to point break. Like, no doubt did it make the whole, like, it, it really did you ever point your gun up in the air? And say, ah. And shoot and say, ah. <laughs> like, that definitely has been <laughs> ruined thanks to Hot Fuzz. But kind of in, like, the, the best, best way yeah. that you could ruin <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And that's a great way because you can see, you can see Angel's, like, his hard shell, his exterior start to crack. Totally. Right, that's a bromance moment. Like when you see them, that they've like fallen asleep with their heads yeah. on each other's shoulders. You're just like, oh, he's there. It is like and the I human just, side's oh, coming it's, out. It's so amazing to see them bounce off each other. He's got the axe body spray. What do you want to do tonight? <laughs> Pub? Oh my god! <laughs> Have you ever watched the uh, special features or the cut scenes? No, no. So that I think took a lot of takes. <laughs> Because Why? because he they can't keep it together. I don't know if it oh, was something man. going on before the scene, but like I don't know how many times he sprays. <clears> he's <throat> like pub, and then they all just crack up. Like people behind the cameras, like everybody's just I losing mean, it. I feel like Edgar Wright would be the kind of director who does a hundred takes. I mean, he is a little more loose than someone like Wes Anderson, but I think he's just as. He wants something pretty specific. He's just as specific and just as his timing is just as critical. Oh, definitely. When if you like Mr. Montage, like he doesn't like like Edgar Wright doesn't have symmetrical box shots that go like pan side to side and are little intricate, you know, puppets and dollhouses. <laughs> but I think he, he is just as meticulous and just as. Yeah, his is like a. Uh, a room filled with guns <laughs> and and like how gore. Many, what, guns what and order, blood and what order do the lights come on in your warehouse filled with guns <laughs> yeah yeah uh do you guys love the andes because i fucking do oh how can you not love the andes 
You have a mustache. Do you want to meet the Andes? I know. I know I have a mustache. Yeah, those guys are awesome when they're panning into frame and they come back into the shot and stuff. <laughs> um, exactly the scene. <laughs> uh, and there's a there's a beat on each one. It's like like a like a bah, every time. Da, da. Yeah. Oh man, I, I think this they do a good job of of setting up the the, co- the cast of the cops because these are sort of the people that we're gonna the the townsfolk are these sort of okay. other weirdos that we're gonna be facing off against there's one moment i gotta ask you guys about because it bothers me every freaking time <laughs> i watch this movie and maybe it's because i wear glasses and i need to know if other people are bothered by this and it's one of the cops wears glasses. It's the same cop that eats the strawberry popsicle. With the Spider-Man makeup. <laughs> the Spider-Man makeup. Um, he wears glasses. And in the scene where they're wearing riot gear... <laughs> it looks hilarious. You know already what I'm going to talk about. His, his nose helmet is all is, crushed. His helmet is pushing his glasses down and like squishing his nose... <laughs> Like so grotesquely that it's all that I can focus on in this scene. <laughs> it's hilarious, and it, it is absolutely I, hilarious. Is that the joke? Like, is yeah. that they never bring out riot gear? Why would they ever have to bring out riot gear yeah. so he doesn't know how to wear it properly with his glasses? If you recall, it's so funny. Twenty minutes earlier in the movie, he was wearing Spider-Man makeup <laughs> with his glasses over That's top. True. So That's true. it's it's established that this guy is just. A stupid dad who you know he's just like the stupid. It's you a, know it's he's a like schlubby. A, he's like the history teacher. Yeah. He's just a schlubby guy. It's a sleepy village where they don't ever have to worry about this shit. So he doesn't know how to wear riot gear. Come on, he doesn't have the right eyewear. I mean, he's not ready for this movie to become a crazy slasher flick with the scream villain. <laughs> so what do you do? You know, machetes everywhere. Um. I do love the Baz Luhrmann rendition of <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> We're like, love me, love me, say that you love me. And then they're they're doing the final scene and they're getting a bit too kissy with each other and stuff. It's all of it is so gross and you you like know these why they kill the one guy. Well all of it is just it's there, but you don't know you're seeing it. Like her laugh is really annoying and and you you hear it in the scene, and you're like, okay, well, that, that, that doesn't that, matter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, oh, this is a really shitty version of this Shakespeare. Like, like they butchered Shakespeare. A, that chick is, looks, she seems annoying. <laughs> and then, um, turns out she was. And I think the movie does a good job of sort of commenting on, on, on British culture and England in general because and it's about London. so proper. Well, be. Yeah, but because it's about being from London and being sort London. of in London and being an outsider in your own country, like he is, you know what I mean? A, for, a foreigner in his own country. He's, he's from the big city folk. He's the out of towner, um, and you and you sort of get to see a little more about British. The, the the example I'm thinking of here is the triangular translation scene where they go to visit this farmer who's just like, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you can't. And and they get another dude who also kind of, oh, well, you know, 20 years ago. And, and then they finally get to Nick Frost, and then he's like, well, I suppose. you know. And it's this insane triple translation scene to get through. Because of the different dialects. Whatever the hell it is down to the Queen's English. Um, I, I don't know. And <laughs> that's when we set up this arsenal, I guess, right? Yeah. That's the very moment. We get the mine. He does for this one. It doesn't go off, though. 
we get the cool jump out of the you know we the get shack the loud, and the nothing. loud music and the yeah you think it's coming um but yeah i think that's a great setup the once the guy's character once danny and angel's character traits start rubbing off on each other and you hear him say like traffic collision when he's referring to his mother's death and stuff um i think that's that's where the the flawless relationship is just i don't i don't know how policeman officer yeah I, I, I don't know how they walk the line so perfectly here. Um, yeah, how much of this is like because the fixed movie, up on the set? Like, how much of that is like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost tweaking it? Well, because to it, make to just to be the perfect buddy. I don't know because it really starts going into some b- fucked up places too. When you have the the church scene with the the stone falling off the top of the building on top of the dude. Yeah, that is completely disturbing and disgusting and shocking so awesome you you guys so awesome you guys like that Ugh. the first time i saw that i was horrified i was man. like oh, oh like it's the best <laughs> what <It's, laughs> uh if if you know it's so impossible like so if you haven't seen hot the fuzz that the scene involves a church the spire sp- of a church the spire of a church being broken off and pushed off a building and it lands on a guy's head Perfectly like reverse impales. Yeah, him. and and it gets actually stuck in his shoulders and in his body, and it just blows his head up. And he's this sort of pyramid head, stone head man for half a second. It, it is, and 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 Edgar Wright really. It's lingers. hilarious. He, he really lingers on it. It's hilarious. It's like Red is gall- behind this. This is called gallows humor, I believe. When something one hundred percent funny and someone dies, right? So you guys don't think this is too excessive? <laughs> It sort of leads. It's leading up to. He was a bad speller. <laughs> it's it's the build up. Like the last twenty thirty minutes of this movie are ridiculous, yeah. and I would say there's more examples of gallows humor as we go. Well, I think we can get um, into spoilers. The motives start coming out. That's when it starts getting dark and really comedic is when we realize what the actual motives are for all these murders, right? So one's just a bad actor. One has an annoying laugh. One can't spell properly. The neighborhood watch needs to make sure that they're voted the best village yeah. again. The guy has a, his house is too modern, which I noticed. I remember, I forgot about that one. He was like a one. real estate developer, yeah. right? And and you think that it's about a real estate deal gone wrong, but it's no, it's it's, it's just the design is it, like. And I remember when I saw the movie the first time, his house, this rich dude's house, stood out as being this very sleek. It doesn't look like a country home. It doesn't look like any other home in Sanford, and it you don't notice that, but but it's there. You do. It's prominent if oh. you know what to look for, like without. Wait, trying to avoid the trap of just explaining all the great parts of this movie. Which is so hard uh, to do. I love talking about the editing, but this movie builds, and I, I mentioned pacing earlier, builds so well because it seems a little slower and there are some jokes. Uh, and the momentum, you're like, well, where is this going? I'm cur- Like the first time I watched this, I was like, okay. I'm not really sure what all the fuss is. Oh my god, here we go. Like it it's the epitome of a slow burn. Well, like everything that you're being fed, you're being set up for this explosive amazing finale. Like the third act of this film is where I would say is the masterpiece. Really? Okay, cuz I think 
I think it does shift gears. We'll get there. Okay. When when Simon Pegg's eating the ice cream, he's got it all over his face, and when he has his epiphany, yeah, and and, and he hears in the the store, oh, like the, it's notice just the that one the, killer. Notice though that the cornetto is what drives the epiphany. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's good, fantastic. It's and and yeah, he he comes to this epiphany where he he realizes what he thinks is the whole story right so he's like oh this developer did this and there's this land deal that went wrong and simon skinner is he has this whole conspiracy setup which so one of the characters says you watch too many movies which is is actually <laughs> yeah. kind of the case no and, he isn't and as as simon Pegg is explaining what he thinks is the events of you know what his version of the whole thing they're showing you in flashbacks but you're actually seeing the real answers still. Seeing parts. You're seeing right? parts of the truth. Like you do see parts. They're, they're still show- like he's still when he's showing you the quote unquote truth. There's still new clues buried in it for another twist that's coming. Well, he doesn't even realize, and that's part of the fun, especially like you said. This is better on repeat viewings because like when he's figuring it out, he's going to the police chief, right? And he's saying like, oh, I've got it. It's not, it's not one. It's a bunch of them. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? And, and meanwhile, he's, uh, he's like trying to figure out how to send him down and like send him on another wild goose chase or something. A wild, red a wild swan <laughs> chase, please. Um, yeah, I, I just love, of course, this is all the work of a cult. Why wouldn't it be? You know, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, I mean, I guess I do love that they have these meetings. You're like, well, Janice is having yeah, the, twins after the chanting is like, <laughs> just all like of it is just a so regular. Town someone's hall. taking minutes. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I mean, all of this it, ultimately, all these motives were petty and ridiculous, and we don't want the the kids mucking up our town or making anything we're gonna win the best village in the uk for the 500th time and the statue this asshole gold statue in the middle of town ain't gonna He's stop us gotta go and the weird shifty tracksuit track guys no hoodies uh i mean all this pays off in every single way everything you see either is is, is served some function right like, like the there's sign no f- one school child at a time that plays an integral role in this film oh the the rule in the yeah and like in the, the buzzer. shop beep, yeah beep. yeah i mean do you guys think it's it's necessary to have the nick frost sort of reversal here at the end this the the like the tease the, the tease of a backstab does this does this serve anything Oh, the backstab. I, th- um, I think so. So he gives him a book with the ketchup packet in it or something, right? He's like setting up the... He's trying to sell to his father. Danny's trying to sell to his father and the cult that he's on their side. He's willing to kill uh, well, Angel. It, it pays off well because he's selling to the cult that he's on their side, but he's also proving to Angel that he's actually on his side because Angel's not going to have any idea who he can trust now that he realizes... It's the whole fucking village that's... and that's, Well, except for the cops. But well, it also, yeah. He doesn't know that, I guess. Yeah. It also works on us because it's not the only piece of setup. It's the final piece of setup with all of the point break stuff that they've well, been he, giving he, us. Exactly. Yeah. He comes to this convenience store and what do you know on the shelf? Exactly. Are the two magical DVDs that we need to save the day. Like the whole thing is a perfect sort of... And and we get the, the, the setup of this arsenal that they've confiscated from Mumbly Man, uh, and we get the angel wings. 
of shotguns, which I want to maybe cosplay as. They're just like stuck in a backpack too. I was looking at that this time. Yeah, like he's just got like a JanSport backpack. I just, I just love the imagery though of these sort of broken angel wings. You know what I mean? It looks like something out of Dogma or something, where you've just got these snapped off stalks of wings. But they're shotguns. Uh, I don't know if the. So you've got this amazingly paced, methodical, mathematical, precise perfectly executed movie and it does spiral into an actual Michael Bay movie at the end. You say the end of this is your favorite part. I feel like I do get a tiny bit let down. I go from like a like a 10 out of 10 to like a 9.5 kind of thing or something. Like I my my pure adrenaline high gets a little bit lowered in this but, well but it, the spoofiness though, the spoofiness keeps it for me. It, it, like, it, oh yeah, go for it. The fact that there's the little ginger boy that saves the day i mean the the when you have these big epic moments with the the parallax and the spinning cameras and the epic villains making their speeches they're juxtaposed with a total absurdity like it's taking place in a miniature village and like the villains are all like yeah. old elderly people for the most part yeah it's and- a it's a it's, he's a handicapped shopping cart boy like i guess i feel like this yarp these perfectly edgar wright has placed these chess pieces on the board the whole movie perfectly and then it feels like at the end he just flips the fucking board into the air i mean maybe that's the point i guess that's the beauty of it right and even and- at times he takes his toys and smashes his model city to fucking pieces. He lays pieces and then doesn't play them and then points them out later and they're funnier because he hasn't. Like, when he he fights him and he says, like, oh, he fell in the freezer. He's like, oh, did you say something funny? Yeah, because like, you know he, like, at that right? scene, and he's like, oh, no, empty I didn't. Moment. He's like, but earlier I said this other thing, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, man, you're awesome. Like, <laughs> because that's... brilliant there's an empty there's like a pregnant silence when he kills that guy in the freezer he just looks at him you're like wait oh come on you could (laughs) have i think like maybe it was maybe there's just something wrong with me but i like i loved the last part of this movie like when it starts kicking it into high gear literally kicking it and it turns into a kaiju battle well no no i mean (laughs) the start like when he comes back to town and drop kip kicks grandma yeah. in the face and you yes. see her bloody like, nose yeah. the, the movie has the balls to show you an old lady with a bloody nose yeah, well, it's, she it's, was shooting at him i know yeah. but it's it, to show that is still kicks kind her of in the face to show an old lady with a broken nose is it's still horrible <laughs> that to he see just that. jumped and kicked <laughs> yeah, in the face it's awesome but, but like and yeah that that whole scene right the guy on the ground is like <laughs> oh man that, that yeah so it works for you because I mean, I'm not to say that the movie doesn't earn this. It it really does. It's so it earns it so many times over and over, right? So, um, I yeah. just when they fuck off to the model village, whatever. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what. I maybe I'm reading too far into this. Is Edgar Wright trying to say anything with them? Why is this some sort of monster battle for the city? Is that is that because saying anything? The swan is standing in the road. That's why, because. The Swan, what, which seems so shit? irrelevant, and you thought was just a side joke, 
actually directs the entire well, okay. resolution of the plot. I'm not well, talking about that yet. That's beautiful, you, you can, po- like, poetry. You could argue they're fighting over the soul of the city and destroying it at the same I wanna time. I want to know why do we have a kaiju battle, Red? Like, why, why do we have a fucking... Like, you got Angel, who is super awesome, but what he's doing is really destroying this city anyway to save it. This and is you, what I and, wanted and, and you to you, say. And you have the leader of the bad guys, or, like, one of them of the bad guys, also doing the same thing, trying to keep it pristine. So they're both wrecking the city. And of course, it's a battle for the city, right? It's a a battle for the city. Simon Skinner gets the old steeple through the mouth situation. (laughs) One of the best (laughs) like... I Anytime, when I was younger, anytime I saw a spike on like a wrought iron fence, I was terrified to try and climb up that thing because... I saw a picture in a paper when I was younger oh, no. of a kid that did that same oh, thing. No. So see, seeing this is like, ugh, ugh, oh, squeamy, <laughs> spike through the chin. No, oh. thank you. When he like that, it's just brilliant when he speaks afterwards and like every, oh, he's <laughs> everyone gets their just desserts. Yeah, it's as br- they it's beautiful as they said. Um, and then we we end the movie on this, in my opinion completely unnecessary denouement where one of the dudes comes back like a year later or something to the is it no, i thought it's like just later it's the on. next day yeah like he comes back with with they a bunch of arsenal in, and then we're gonna forgot he was in the police office yeah. yeah and so they like and then the whole police station explodes and because of the mine man <laughs> the, it all, the this payoff, all makes sense the payoff for the mine like it didn't blow up earlier but but when it when you don't expect sh- it to you're like yeah we all know though that the piece has to go in okay but right yes it has to be hit by like a boat but my point here is why do we need this like is this is this necessary we've already we've already reached this like huge climax that is is overstuffed i don't want to say overstuffed but this this movie is it's loaded. It, it's it's loaded the to the brim, though. I don't, we don't need aliens. We don't need the fucking bishop to get his torn in half here, man. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think we do need that. This like falling action. We do need some sort of. I don't know. It's it's also spoofing. Still, like there's always something. Yeah. Okay. You know, they always I, pull the rug out from under you when I mean, you put this after the credits. They didn't do that back then. That wasn't it. I do, and I'm I'm not a proponent of doing that. Okay, now. fine. I just I I I thought you could have tightened it up, cut that off, end the movie just nah, on the, them. The new car is way cooler. The STI is sick. Well, because we we have like two shots of them doing like donuts and spinning into the camera. Yeah, you could the movie yeah. ends twice with sort of like a donut into the camera. What? And then like fast paperwork, and then we get this useless thing and then another spin donut into the camera yeah hot fuzz logo looks like the rock it's like the sanford police department logo boom guys what are you giving this is going to be some high scores right it's pretty high like it i if uh, i can't give it below eight and a half i want to give it a nine fuck on it's it's at least nine from everybody, right? I was thinking it's probably not going to get below a nine, but I'm I it might. I'd be I I've been wrong before. So are you going? I, to I remember the time. Just I remember that time that I was wrong. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm giving this a ten. Wow. Yeah. Perfect. I'm, I'm giving this a nine point five. This is I love this movie. That's oh my God. plain and simple. 
This is one of my favorite movies ever, just because it's so it's, fucking well done. It's it's probably my favorite comedy ever. Um, and it, it, comedy it might, is so hard to do right. I know, mm-hmm. I know. And and giving this a ten, I think you you might be seriously on to something there. Like, oh, I kind of want actually. Can I re re? You, you haven't even, even given it. given a fucking rating yet. <laughs> I want to give it a nine and a half. Oh, thank you, thank you. What 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 did you I, think you rated it? Nine. <laughs> Well, you were saying you couldn't go below a nine, but, but you never actually nine landed anywhere. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I Guys, think my ten for right is going to go to Baby one Driver? of his others, maybe an SPVTW as a clue there. Yeah, see, he I'm is a, a big s- fan. He's a big Subaru fan. guy. Now I know why he wants to see Baby Driver so bad. <laughs> Guys, that's our review of Hot Fuzz. It is a masterpiece. It it's, is film. It is film school shit. For real, it is. It is. Check it out if you have not. Master- but it, it is. Watch it on. Can't believe that you haven't. On on like a film class would have to have this on a syllabus if they're smart. Um, that is our review. If you agree or disagree with our takes, please email. Let us know. Verticalviewing at gmail dot com. Next week. Oh my god. Do you know what we're reviewing, Red? Do you know what we're? Yeah, I'm. You know what we're reviewing, I'm Mike? So not jazzed about this because i probably have to watch like other ones too to get caught up you don't no, have to you watch don't. other transformers you do not they you... are not linked in like really okay. anyway you know what you want to watch is age of extinction just scrub through it because you want to get to know stanley tucci. stanley tucci because so can he... i fall asleep part way through that one would i be okay yeah he only shows up when like midway yeah 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 dude watch age of extinction because that is the prequel to last uh jedi night uh holy shit we have a movie called The Last Jedi Arthur, and The Last Knight in the Arthur, same year. Arthur, King of the Jedis. The Jedi Knights. Yeah, I would check out that one just because it's the Mark Wal. It's the other Mark Wahlberg Transformers movie. So okay, that's okay. that's all you need. But it is two hours and forty five minutes. Oh of my nonsense! God. I'm not. so much nonsense. As I said, though, can't make it. Through as that. I said, Stanley Tucci is so awesome. He's great in the movie. <laughs> he loves being in a Transformers movie, yeah, and he man. doesn't give a shit. Like lipstick on a pig, dude. He's one of my favorite actors, man. All right. Uh, and he's I'll back. He's back for the last night. I can't believe this is what he's doing these days. I know. Like, how much is he getting paid? I know. Probably a lot. He's in the Hunger Games and shit. He just puts on funny makeup and does weird shit. That's true. He so. is great at larger than life characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see what The Last Jedi is all about. I'm actually kind of interested. Uh, there's Nazis and King Arthur. The last Night. Yeah. Transformers, The Last Night. Right. I'm into I'm into it. I'm honestly into it. You okay. you can't believe what I'm saying? No, you said the last Jedi just You did. It's hard. It's hard to get these straight, <laughs> it's hard guys. To keep it straight. Um uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that this one is going to be as bad as the others. I think this one might get a bit of love. Why why do you think that? What we'll see. Yeah. We will I why will reserve it, I think it's going to be a trip. It's all IMAX. As long, it's going to be trippy. As long as Michael Bay doesn't have one of the characters explain the Juliet law yeah, on screen. About, that's really rough. About how That's it's rough. okay take, yeah. that we are sexing because, yeah. you know, this happened. Like, he he oh, takes fuck. out a laminated document from his wallet that says it's legal for him to be dating this, like, 16-year-old girl. Because they were dating before he got... Yeah, and he's ready to show this to people. It's like, get a load of this. Texas law says this. So it's okay. The character is written in the movie to do this. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Age of Extinction, guys. Wow. Where can we find you on the internet? You could find me on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm around there. Yeah, okay. I'd like to see some comics from you guys, but whatever. I'm pretty busy, but yeah, I, I, as try. Usual. I try. I try. I'll do some. Try and doodle. Yeah. Try and do some doodles. Uh, Doodly. Mike, I'm, are you still are you still kicking it on there or no? Yeah, yeah. I'm at Michael R. Lind from right. time to time. All right. It's uh, it's hit or miss, but I mean, when it's hit, it's lit. It's lit. Oh man. Whoa. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, at Scott Wilson BC, that's me. You can follow the show at Vertical Viewing. At Vertical Viewing Podcast on Instagram, that's where you get lit, for real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's where you get lit. But the real deal is patreon.com slash vertical viewing. We hope you head there and become a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level subscriber and help us out with a little bit of dough every month to help us put on the show. Yeah. We put the internet pie in your ear every week free of charge, but Joseph, Martin, Chris, Nick, our beloved patrons, you can become one too. They help us offset those costs. We will say your name. Yeah. You you become part of the show. And if you recommend a movie to us, we have to review it. No no choice. It's we, true. We have to do it. And eventually we want to have the special bonus cast where it's just us saying all of our patrons' names for an hour and a half. That's cool. It's the most exciting People thing would love it. On the internet. Uh, so yeah, if you go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing, you can also check out our bonus episodes. Our which version of the Iliad. Our Aussie walkabout is super It's, re- it's really great. It There's is another switch. It's, it's really funny. We are doing terrible Australian accents with the holodeck sound effects. All kinds of, there's like, there's weird stuff. I think lightsabers. Yeah, it's, it's, we, I think adventure podcasting. I think we might be getting into that going yeah, on. It's true. Cool there's, adventures. there's beasts. Uh, if you want to just become, one of our one night stand supporters. Yeah. If you just want to sleep with us for one night and get the fuck out of there, because you might you might do, that do that if you saw who we yeah, who yeah, we yeah really if are. you saw our faces. Verticalviewing.com. You can click the donate button. That's where PayPal will take it, and you can donate like a cent if you want. You don't even need to donate a dollar on there. It's true. So anything you want to support the show, um, go to iTunes. Leave us a review if you like. Give us like. Five stars. We used to five star review and some recipes. We or used like to do thumbs those. up on Netflix. We used to do whatever. Those. Is that you, how it works? You can go. We're not on Netflix yet. Be dope if we were. But like, are they switching to the <clears> thumbs up? Or they anything? might be. Yeah. Uh, you can go to Stitcher, Google Play Music. Uh, that is our show. Boom. Yeah. That's it. We've done it, everybody. We talked yeah. about hot fuzz. You are still not prepared for the no, ending. I am, and I'm going to keep it simple. So, ladies and gentlemen, just keep it vertical. Oh, that's that's not acceptable. We cannot. You've already at no. this point. It's not. Oh no! I control the edit. I, I, I have <laughs> no, final but you cut. should have. I have, I have final cut here. Keep it vertical. Oh no! I have final cut. We're still going. Keep it vertical. <laughs> no, we're, we're still going here. Keep it vertical. Oh no! Angel descends from heaven in a vertical fashion. So why don't I do this every so, time? So be like him and 